The Rum of the Mist show that you are currently tuned into will begin in about five minutes. Until then, enjoy this wonderful tune. And welcome to Press A Gaming Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Zephyr Zero, with Wild High 77. What's up, guys? And Black Wings 13. Hey, what's going on? Today we are going to be talking Battle Royales. Is it a fad or is it here to stay? It's... So, what do you guys think? Uh, it's garbage. <laughs> I don't care. Actually, right I don't, to it. I don't before, care. Before I don't we get into completely roasting the battle royale genre, we should probably define what it is for people that don't know. So, right, battle so. the battle royale genre is a game genre that came about mostly in first person shooters that is based heavily off of actually a. Um, Japanese book slash movie called Battle Royale that takes a bunch of high school students, sticks them on an island, and pits them in a battle royale with each other where they each start with random bits and things as weapons to kill each other. And last man standing gets to survive, basically. Gee, that sounds like a famous book-turned-movie. Oh, Hunger Games? Hunger Games was totally a rip-off of Battle Royale. <laughs> I 100% maintain that. Because I was going to say Royale, Showgirls. Battle Royale came out in 2000. Okay, um, so it was the inspiration for Hunger, Ga- Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, but all of the things that are like staples of the Battle Royale genre are a part of this movie. Uh, the The singular island battlefield the starting out with very little supplies and having to scavenge them from either players you killed or found around the island and even the shrinking play area like in the original battle royale all the students had uh these collars that were put on them that if they were in certain sectors of the map uh after a certain amount of time the collar would detonate So the the whole genre comes from that that book movie. So that's really interesting. I never knew that. Uh, actually, believe it or not, that actually increases my respect for the genre a slight bit. And when I say a slight bit, it's like you know, instead of a a, a nutty turd, now it's a polished nutty turd. <laughs> um, but you know, like I never I never knew the background of of the battle royal game design uh, actually came from inspiration like that. That That's actually an interesting little tidbit. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, 
I, I've, I've actually known this about Battle Royale for a while because I actually um, read and, and watched Battle Royale back in, like, high school. So, like, back in 2008, um, before, before the first Battle Royale games were even an inkling in somebody's brain. Uh, but now we've got tons of them out in the market. We've got stuff like Fortnite, uh, PUBG. Uh, there's a new one that I've been hearing about, Apex Legends. Yeah, I've been hearing we, a lot about that lately. We've even got um, Call of Duty and other franchises getting in on the action. There's Battle Royale mods for Minecraft. Oh. So the question stands, is this just a fad? Or can we expect the Battle Royale game and or the Battle ge- battle Royale game mode to stick around? I'll let you, I'll let you go first, boss. He's <laughs> talking to you, Black. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, I it, it's a hard question to answer, to be completely honest. Because, yes, the Battle Royale genre started with PUBG and has escalated from that to the whole bunch of games that we've seen over the last two years. But for the concept itself, we've actually seen these type of games being played in other games in the past as a different type of game mode. Battle Royales, you could look at for example, WWE, you always had a Battle Royale theme off of that because they have a match like that. And for me, it seems like this is something that is here to stay. Whether we see this iteration of it for a long period of time, that's still very much up in the air. See, I, I would I would agree to that because like one of the first things I come to is like I think back to like Nintendo 64 days, for an example, and doing uh, four-player split-screen death matches on GoldenEye. And I mean, oh God, yeah, of course. Really, not too dissimilar to the ideal of the uh, battle royal style that that genres are. So I could definitely but, see the the collation from 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 first person shooter online one on one battles or or group battles of individuals uh, to what it's evolved into today. I would like to say it's a fad, and it probably is a fad, but I don't think it'll go away. It'll just evolve again. Okay, that's that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, personally, I think that the novelty of the battle royale is going to wear off and probably wear off soon, because um, we almost always see ebbs and flows like this in gaming. Of there's always the the next big thing that that comes out. Like um, a while ago, it was. Uh, survival games yes yes the telltale series games uh yeah stuff like that um the forest arc survival evolved uh minecraft technically no Uh, man's sky yeah no No sky yeah (laughs) let's not talk about that game tonight that that's a game for a different subject altogether yeah i have feelings about that game <laughs> yes we, let's we, not we know that. you have feelings about that game zephyr trust me well see now i'm interested on the feelings but no we'll save it for another podcast yeah. <laughs> but no uh, i'm gonna be asking about that later 
Oh man, uh, but I mean, I mean, dirty, no, dirty rotten lies. Yeah, hell, that I, you know what? As a Fallout seventy six player, sometimes you just got to deal with the garbage before they finally get it right. Yeah, I got to get back to seventy six because um, it was pretty good to begin with. There were some bumps. And, and definitely the, the lack of storage was pretty bad. Um, there's a lot of sound coming from you, Black. You okay? Sorry about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had to move for a second. I was in a bad position. But um, I gotta get back to Fallout 76 because uh, it, it was a little bumpy at the start, but it was pretty good still. You know, a couple shortcomings, but they, they did patch a couple of them real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I don't have an issue with the Fallout 76. And, and quite honestly, like the people that complained about Fallout 76 in its initial state, I don't think they've ever played a Bethesda game before because pretty much every game comes out with those types of glitches, you know? Yeah. So, so it, it's really not dissimilar to me. It's kind of a <laughs> so, so I'm I'm gonna be that guy right now and say that I have never even touched a Fallout title before, but I'm a huge fan of watching Let's Plays and watching other people play games, and I've over the last couple of months I've seen a lot of people playing like Fallout Four, Fallout Seventy Six, getting ready for that game, and yes, it does have some problems, but it's not a bad game. It's something that could be easily solved with a couple of patches, and it, it, it would be a really good game. It's not my type of game, but it's not a bad game by any means. So you, you like watching uh, Let's Plays and Playthroughs? Yes. You, Zep, you did tell your friend that we do that on this channel. Oh, yeah. He knows. <laughs> yes, that, that's actually how you guys got me introduced onto this channel was because of that subject. Nice. He knows. We nice. actually got to figure out how to get... Uh, get it set up so I can start putting my some of my Let's Plays, because I think I want to start a uh, brand new save file of Star Trek Online. Oh, you've got it. You, pl you play online? Oh, yeah. What? Uh, which system? PlayStation 4. See, I was doing a Let's Play on, on Star Trek Online on PS4. Oh! <laughs> I'm actually stuck at a point right now, uh, taking on the Romulan ship. They they got this like huge like Death Star gun. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting my oh, ass kicked by. I it. I know what part you're on because I've I've played that too. I know exactly where you are. What uh <laughs> that, what, that... what what tier ship do you have currently? Uh, I think it's I think it's the first tier. Like fir it, it's not, first, it's first tier. Not, it's, it's not start start ship. It's the the second one, the one up. Oh, okay. So like second tier yeah, two ship. Tier two. Yeah, I, 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 I got promoted and opened to a net, another tier, but for some reason I couldn't get the uh, supply officer to actually give me my next ship. Oh, uh, yeah, I my my current save file, I'm, uh, like, tier... Uh, I, I'm uh, rear admiral. So I'm, like, almost tier six. I'm a commander. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, dude. Once once you get past that glitch, it's actually real easy to just keep leveling up through the ranks. It does not take much. <laughs> no, I don't, anyway. I don't mind. I just I stepped away because of uh, frustration at that. It's like I I need help, and and quite honestly, uh, the the MMO RPG world is weird anymore. 
I remember back in the day, you couldn't f- go two feet on like World of Warcraft or, or, you know, Old Republic and not have somebody there either to screw with you or to help you. Ah, griefers and gankers. Ah. The, orig- the original Battle Royale. <laughs> but nowadays, <laughs> nowadays in, in Fallout 76, I will admit in Fallout 76, the community is pretty good for the most part. Better on PS4 than it is on Xbox One. Uh, PS4, a lot of people are more than willing to help a player out. I'm one of those players that if I see a lower level and need help, you know, whether it's dropping them some junk or, or a, a better weapon, if I'm carrying a weapon that they could use to just, you know, you need help with that quest. Yeah, you know, so, something of that nature. But, like, I've noticed a downward trend in, in the uh, MMO community where a lot of people just ignore you. They're so inter- intertwined in whatever it is they're doing that nobody comes to help you out in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that, that happens sometimes. And I think part of it is because uh, in in online games, uh, particularly because we have this huge popularity of like first-person shooters or battle royales or hell, esports, really. Uh, everybody has this idea that online gaming is a competition. So when you get to stuff like MMOs, which you could go PvP, you could play collaboratively, it could go either way, it's all up to your playstyle. We have a lot of people who are just defaulting to the, I'm going to fight everybody, because that's what I do in every other game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's worse in a game like Fallout 76 or Elder Scrolls Online that were designed purposely to be cooperative gameplay. Mm-hmm. The whole entire idea of their MMO was to get groups of people to work together. And when you have griefers coming in trying to screw with yourself, and you're right, it, it's it's all born from the first-person shooter multiplayer brain-dead uh, gamer community who this is the best they're ever going to do in their life is sit in their mom's basement and be the maximum prestige level that they could be and then go go uh, griefing lobbies that have low-level players. And that's what they do, you know. And it, it, quite honestly, it ruins the multiplayer experience for a lot of people. It, yeah. That, that's why a lot of us prefer single-player. Mm-hmm. But the multiplayer community is really killing the single-player community. I mean, yes, there's still single-player games out there, but they're they're not as popular. They're not as sought-after as... The next Call of Duty, the the, the next Battle Royal, the the, the next Halo. Yeah. Although yeah, Halo single- still has a campaign to it, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> Halo still has a pretty good campaign, like that. They're they're like the the beacon of light for single player amongst the multiplayer games. Now, well, see a game a game that can manage to do a great single player campaign. And then follow that up with an exquisite multiplayer online community. That game right there immediately gets a grand slam. And it's going to be a game that's around for years and years to come. And no one will have very few bad things to say about it. Those are the type of games that we strive for. But the problem is, it's like you trade one for the other all the time. Like, I could argue the point that Star Wars Battlefront 2... Oh, has has dear. a has a great sto- uh, campaign, and quite honestly, I don't have an issue with its online multiplayer. Mm. But but my problem with it is that 
the campaign was five hours long. And the rest of it is all multiplayer. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. It, it Again, it falls under, you, you need to have a proper balance. If it's too heavy on one side over the other, it it feels too much towards that direction, and it doesn't which, feel like a proper game. Which brings us back to the Battle Royale, which is 100% multiplayer. You can't really have a single-player campaign based around that. Well, you could argue with the Black Ops 4. You were talking about Call of Duty having a, a Blackout, their their Battle Royale-style game. That replaced the campaign. Mm-hmm. That Its whole entire purpose was to replace the campaign. To me, that's lazy programming. Oh, and yeah. I, I, I would agree with you on that. When I first heard that Fortnite was coming out and I saw the original trailer for it, I was stoked for this game. I really wanted to like it. I wanted to jump on board on it. And then I heard that it was doing this Battle Royale format. And, you know, I, I thought, okay, let's give this a shot. Let's see how it goes. And I watched a couple of Let's Plays. And my interest in that game plummeted through the floor. Because this is not the game that I was shown that it was going to be. This is not the game that I was told it was going to be. And for me, as a gamer, that is an immediate turnoff. That sounds like my assessment of No Man's Sky. Yeah, shush, I know. Well, see, that, that that's kind of similar to how I felt when I first saw uh, Fortnite. My, my oldest son plays Fortnite. My youngest son plays Fortnite. They tried talking me into it. It was a free download, so what the hell, why not? And first off, multiplayer games like, uh, uh, you know, death matches and stuff like that don't interest me all too much anyway because you get bored with it after the third or fourth match because it's repetitive. It's the exact same thing all over again. You know, there's there's nothing new and exciting about it. It's okay, you drop me in the island, I run around trying to find guns, I get shot by some smart-ass sniper. The end. Wow, I mean, exciting. That, that, but that's, that's, why, that's why games like Halo found a lot of success in mixing up the game types uh, that they had for their multiplayer experience because, like, one of the best things I ever saw uh, in multiplayer gaming is the invention of Griffball. <laughs> oh dear sweet me like halo came out with a multiplayer game mode completely unrelated to shooting each other like you could still kill each other and shoot each other but it was simply to help your teammates deliver the bomb to the other side of the field this call of duty has something similar to that they they resurrected it a little bit in black ops 3 but the the where it was best it was called blitz and it was in Call of Duty Ghost. And quite honestly, it was the best game type you could ever do. It's literally run to the other side of the map and get to the pers- uh, the opponent's uh, uh, scoring circle more times than they do in, in a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it, it, so much, it was so much fun. It was a quick-based uh, uh, gameplay. And you couldn't just stay still because as you're staying still trying to camp... They're jumping into your little circle and scoring points. You know what I mean? So you've got to constantly be gunning or moving. So it, it was it was a really intelligent gameplay. And unfortunately they never really resurrected it past Ghost. Right. But that, so, that, that that's like the thing for the survival of multiplayer is you gotta mix it up every once in a while. And part of me feels like that's the reason why Battle Royale is gonna 
die off as a fad is because it can't really mix it up. No, not really, because it it's a simple premise, and you really can't build upon that premise. And that that's where I think, at least in terms of the Battle Royale games we have right now, it is going to eventually die off as a genre. Plus, it's getting oversaturated real quick. Like, we're getting Battle Royale everything right now. It's so weird. Yeah, t- take Black Ops, for example, because we mentioned that earlier. When they announced Black Ops this time last year for coming out in November, we were told that it was going to have no campaign, it was going to be online only, and then they threw in the interesting curveball of saying they were throwing in a Battle Royale mode. Me personally, as a gamer, and I like my first-person shooters, I was very skeptical about this because... Having a online-only game is one thing, but having it with the Battle Royale option is like, is this going to work? I don't know. And then I saw this, and even I had to go, I might need to pick this game up, because this actually looks pretty decent. But no. again, you, <laughs> no. you, can't, you, you can't build upon that. The, 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 prob- the problem is, is no. I, I actually own Black Ops 4 with Blackout, oh, and... and- I, I was against Black Ops 4 because of Black Ops 3. I thought Black Ops 3 was the biggest piece of shit Call of Duty game that's ever existed. Um, I, I really absolutely hated the, the community. I hated the gameplay. I hated the weapons. I hated the maps. The one thing I'll give Black Ops 4... But Black Ops 4 is the most laziest game I've ever seen because all the maps for the normal multiplayer are rehashed maps from previous Call of Duty Black Ops games. Every one of them. There's no new map. Every one of them is a rehash of Black Ops 3, Black Ops 2, and Black Ops 1. Uh, Then you got the Battle Royal, which it's Fortnite, but first person. (laughs) And without the building dynamic. There's, There's no build dynamic. Well, like, Fortnite has the building dynamic because Fortnite was not originally Battle Royale. Fortnite was originally launched and and was on the market for a little while as basically Minecraft with guns. (laughs) It, It was a survival crafting game that also had first person shooter elements. Now, see, that would have been more interesting. I'm, I'm not a Minecraft player. Uh, I know people who play it, and I've been yelled at numerous times that I don't play it, but I find that more exciting and entertaining and at least more purpose to it. The, than, the, ba- the, the Battle the... Royale function of uh, Fortnite didn't come about until PUBG exploded. Wow. In popularity. That that's really amazing to me because it it, it it that's one of those what could have been. See, I, I I didn't even know that Minecraft had done this, and I'm a casual Minecraft player. I prefer to watch over play because I get bored playing it real quickly. The idea of doing a battle royale in Minecraft—I've actually seen it done. I've seen other people make a very similar to Hunger Games esque arena and have a whole bunch of chests in the middle of the arena you rush in you grab a weapon and you kill everybody but for 
the company to actually go ahead and make this a game type in their already extremely successful game, that shows that they are at least tapped into the pulse of what is current and what's accurate at the time, and at least giving it a fair shot. So to hear that Minecraft did this, I'm actually a little bit curious to take a better look at it myself. That is true, but can we talk about the elephant in the room that seems uh, that has been plaguing video games, uh, video games a lot in the past couple of years, but seems to be extra prevalent in uh, battle royal style games. At least the ones that I've watched. Microtransactions, uh, pay to win. Uh, yeah. Def yeah. Definitely a huge problem in gaming right now, and we could probably do an entire other podcast. All on microtransactions. Because... And, going, and going back to the subject mentioned before of Battlefront 2, that that right there is nothing but a microtransaction nightmare. But with Battlefront 2, you can earn everything through gameplay. Now, I'm thinking about like Fortnite, where your basic, your basic uh, tier of play, you get something added to you, usually cosmetic, but it's like every fifth level or something like that or you could pay and you get something every level and it actually becomes useful to you instead of just being cosmetic so there was a very important lawsuit that happened last year or it might have been two years ago no it was um, last year that involved um ea being brought to court over their loot boxes for battlefront 2 and they got brought to court over the fact that it's considered gambling. And um, they actually ended up losing that court battle. And the lawyers in that court battle used uh, other games with loot box functions, like Overwatch, okay. uh, as, as examples. Because Battlefront's loot boxes, there were certain things in the game that you only had a chance of getting out of a loot box that actually affected gameplay. Whereas with Overwatch loot boxes, it's almost all purely cosmetic. Actually, like it's, it's skins for characters, it's sprays, it's, it's, it's... You already have access to all of the characters on the roster. You just play them and, and level them up and get and get accolades for them. And then the loot boxes are just perks, I guess. No, you're they're, they're, you're, you're not wrong. And actually, uh, Fallout 76 is kind of dealing with a little controversy about uh, something similar right now. Uh, since they introduced the weapon repair kit to the Atom Shop. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of people are bitching that, you know, it's Bethesda backing out on their... You know, it will not be pay to win. It not will not be play uh, pay to play. Uh, the Atomic Shop is purely cosmetic. And prior to this, the Atomic Shop was all cosmetic. It was, uh, you know, emoticons for your character, uh, outfits for your character, or or specialty furniture or walls for your for your camp, whatever the case right. may be. But a lot of people had issues with the with the idea of putting uh, weapon repair kits. Just repair kits. Now, I I don't know. I kind of fall on the fence on this because I kind of see where everybody's coming from. But at the same difference, we're talking about a repair kit. It's not like you're buying a, a, a you know, a fat boy 
you know, off of the Atom yeah. Shop. That's that's you know, two shot furious vampire. Blah blah blah. Five stars. You're buying a repair kit instead of going to a weapons bench and spending your your junk to repair your weapon because it's low. Well, you, you use a kit. Where's the big deal about that? On the one hand, I can understand that uh, point of view, but on the other hand, it it does affect gameplay because if you have the weapons repair kits, you can repair your weapons on the fly without having to go back to your camp. And it, it gives you a small advantage over other players. But here, but here's my and you know what, uh, uh, Black, I, I'm gonna use gonna use you because I know Zephyr and I play Fallout 76. It's your person that has not played it. You you might be the catalyst here. Go every ahead. every previous Fallout game has had a weapons repair kit in some way, shape, or form, minus Fallout 4 because weapon condition didn't matter in Fallout 4. Uh, Fallout right. 4's weapons didn't didn't uh, disintegrate over time or over usage but in new vegas fallout 3 uh the the old uh uh isoteric games you could get a, you had a weapons repair kit to repair your weapon or could get a weapons repair kit how is this really any different i i would say that the fact that it wasn't included on launch or as a free patch just I, I have to say that Bethesda went back on the word a little bit on that because it, if they did say, and I know that they said, that they are not going to make Fallout 76 pay to play, pay to win, it, for them to include something that has been a staple in every single one of their games, minus one, and suddenly make it so that in order to use it, you need to present some sort of monetary value in the real world to utilize this, that. I feel like Bethesda kind of took the carpet under the rug of the consumer just a tiny little bit. That's that's, that's fair enough, and that's why I wanted a third-party objective. Zep, what, what about you? Uh, with 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 the statement that I that I just made about that that it has existed in previous offline games, does that change I, your opinion of it in any way? No, I, I still think that it's kind of Bethesda going back on the word because patching it into the game is one thing. Sticking it in the atom shop where people can buy them in bulk if they have the cash for it or want to shell out the cash for it is giving people a distinct advantage that they are paying for. That is the definition of pay to win. Okay. Okay, but like I said, I rode the fence on it either way. I Quite honestly, it's such a minor thing that it doesn't affect my opinion of the game or gameplay in any way, shape, or form. But I was just it's, curious because I know a lot of people were like, oh, that's that's totally unfair. And I'm sitting there like, but it's been in previous Fallout games, so I don't really see the big deal. It's it's like League of Legends. There's almost always a distinct advantage of buying a brand new champion as soon as they come out. Like back when they launched Echo, I, I, I was guilty of this. <laughs> uh, they... they they were. They announced Echo, and I saw Echo, and I instantly fell in love with the character. And as soon as he hit the store, I bought. I shelled out the money, and I bought him. And I was in the rift, kicking the shit out of everyone else because Echo was super unbalanced when he first dropped. That's an. That's another thing that I think uh, that could be a, a definite podcast uh, for future. Is you know, remember back in the day. Besides the fact that game when games released they were uh, full games instead of just you know half games and then DLCs, um, uh-huh. 
the other thing that was uh, always a thing with games back in the day, like especially the cartridge days, a game came done. Characters were balanced. Story was there. Graphics were fixed. Bugs were removed. You know, um, there there was no issues from launch of game. And it seems like, you know, uh, uh, game developers well, nowadays are just using us as beta testers, but charging us full price for the game. There were sometimes bugs with old games, but more often than not, they were bugs that were found by the coders and developers that they decided to leave in because for some reason or another, they thought it was funny or they figured that it was hard for people to stumble upon it. Right. And then they started calling them Easter eggs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Essentially, uh, they they had all these things even when we were going back to the cartridges. And it, it, to go off of the example used before, so maybe one character was just a tiny little bit better than another character. They obviously didn't have the ability to bring that back and revamp that character at the time and they use terms like easter eggs or something of the sorts just to give it that exotic feel of yeah well th this is a thing we're acknowledging it but it wasn't a mistake on our part we, we left that in there for you to find out about right but i'm thinking i'm thinking about it like this and and i'll use this as an example although it's a it's a probably a completely yeah, it's definitely a, a completely different genre here but think about like mortal Kombat or street fighter 2 for for, okay. for a perfect example where every character was unique in some way shape or form one character was better in one format of something than another okay but when they came out there there was no there was no uh <coughs> There was no patches to fix the game once it's out that Scorpion's going to be the way Scorpion's going to be. Sub-Zero's going to be the way Sub-Zero's going to be, you know, when the game released to the general public. Now you fast forward to games nowadays. If a character or its gun or the character's gun or something like that is too OP, uh, they nerf it or they, they balance the character to placate another character that somebody likes but wasn't really intended to be the uh, the powerful character it seems like it seems like a cheat and again I hate to use the term but it seems like lazy programming instead of turning around and making sure that each character not only is completed and and balanced to to what it's supposed to be but allowing uniqueness and individuality of each character Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I 100% agree with you. This is a topic of conversation that I have all the time with people. Of Nowadays, we, to Zephyr's credit, it feels as if we are constantly being bombarded with half-made games and that we are beta testers being forced to pay the full retail price for an incomplete game. And back then, we didn't have that problem. And then all of a sudden, the internet became this big thing that it is now, and they're able to make these adjustments, maybe not on the fly, but give it a couple of weeks, and suddenly, boom, you have an update for your game. And for me, I agree with you 100%. It has made programmers, in my opinion, go a whole lot more lazy than they were back in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Absolutely. Uh, Zep? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's definitely a starting starting to develop a culture, or has developed a culture of 
we'll fix it after launch. Because I mean, gaming, gaming, the gaming industry has has all in dove for the build hype, sell a bunch of copies, and then if there's anything wrong with it, fix it after the fact. See that that's something that that has bugged me a lot, and and I mean even more so in in games nowadays uh, with the nerfing and buffing, especially with the for, uh, with the multiplayer online shooters. Uh, you get a gun that that for sake of argument, like Call of Duty, you got a shotgun that for some reason has longer range than a shotgun should. Mm-hmm. They'll nerf the shit out of that, but then they buff something else. And then they change that once every, once they figure out that everybody's exploiting that one, you know what I mean? Then they then they nerf that and they buff up another. And it, it, there there is no balance. It seems like they're just either they're placating to the people bitching, or they're placating to the people that want to grief. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that. That, um, that may not be what they're doing, but that's what it seems. So let, let me ask you gentlemen a question getting back on the topic of the podcast here. If Battle Royale games is supposed to have a future, what do the developers need to do in order to make it exceed past the two years that it's gotten to right now and quite frankly has begun to begin a little bit stagnant? Relegate it to a game mode. Don't, don't build a game entirely around Battle Royale, but Make it a, a game mode that's the that's a selling point of your game. Like, uh, the, the example that re- jumps out in my mind is, uh, again, back to Call of Duty, but uh, Call of Duty World at War. Zombie, Nazi zombies. That, that, was that easily su- is what sold that title. That was super popular game mode back in... Uh, I think it was like 2000, 2008 to like 2012 and it sold like I remember people who were whose entire reason for going out and getting Call of Duty World at War was to play Nazi Zombies like it, it was it was just a good game mode but Call of Duty didn't rely on that being the entire selling point it was a perk that came with it. And I think if Battle Royale is to survive longer than being a fad, more games need to in- have Battle Royale be a game mode that's a selling point and not the entire point of their game. Uh-huh. I'll slightly agree, but I'll slightly disagree. I think I think even if you're selling that the Battle Royale... Uh, format is your main sell point of the game, I think you should still offer different game types where, okay, you have your uh, one life only in a uh, on an island where you know, it shrinks down and you know, for last person surviving wins but maybe you can offer a game type where everybody has like unlimited lives and it's time based or a game type that uh, first person to build fully build and keep built their their uh settlement wins or, or something of that nature like offer alternatives to change up the gameplay yeah that too that could work yeah i would agree with that 
So more variety, basically. What's this doing? Don't make battle royale the sole selling point, and more variety is basically what it boils down to. And I, I would go a step further on that and say that if, if you're going to keep Battle Royale around for a little while, throw a little bit of variety into how you make the, uh, that genre into its own thing. It doesn't just have to be a shooter-based game. It doesn't have to be first or third-person shooter. Make it like I referenced before. WWE has multiple different matches that are battle royale themed you have all these other games that are very similar to that and the one that myself personally that i never thought i would get into this genre i said for the entire time i have no interest in this i finally found a battle royale game that i personally have been enjoying lately and this is going to sound stupid but tetris 99 on the nintendo switch (laughs) <laughs> yes you, you heard it here folks there is a tetris battle royale yeah i don't know i don't know who in nintendo came up with this concept but they deserve a raise because it is a free game on the nintendo switch and i have to say it is a lot of fun to play you know my my youngest son has a nintendo switch i'm gonna tell him about the game as soon as this podcast is done He's probably going to go download it tonight. (laughs) It's great. It absolutely is. And it it takes a step away from the Battle Royale games that we know right now in that you you have to kill every player. Yes, it continues on with this with Tetris in that you eliminate people, but you don't have as nearly much of a say in how you eliminate people in tetris as you do with things like PUBG and fortnite and that people may be randomly attacking you you don't know that you may be attacking them in return it, it essentially you're just playing tetris and if you're doing well you're it's showing on this on the game i just say the thing i love most about tetris 99 is that we have a bunch of video game streamers on YouTube getting their asses handed to them by 80-year-old grandmas that have been playing Tetris. (laughs) (laughs) This is even better than my Game Boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sad, but it's true. Because if if you really think about it, Tetris came out on the original Game Boy back in the late 80s. And then to see it evolve into a battle royale format on the latest console is i it's ironic how true that statement that zephyr just made could very well be because i've seen a lot of streamers on twitch a lot of youtubers get out and play this game and some of them are actually really impressively good and then others are just so so bad in soviet russia tetris kills you <laughs> That's all right. You, you talk about like eighty-year-olds uh, whooping the shit out of uh, YouTube uh, YouTube streamers and Twitch streamers. All I'm thinking about it in the back of my head is when did they release the battle royal version of Minesweep? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. <laughs> I don't even want to think how that is possible. <laughs> 
millennium, oh millennials and Gen Z would have a lot of trouble because, like, there's only a small portion of us millennials that even actually know how to play the Minesweeper. I'm a I'm a Gen X. I still don't fully understand how to play Minesweeper. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm an early millennial, and I can safely tell you that I have the faintest idea how to play that game, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. All I know is it was a good time waster while I was waiting for three and a half inch floppy disk to install. Damn straight. <laughs> so, uh, for I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a tangent again, but um, for Minesweeper, the numbers that pop up when you click on a box. That's how many bombs are touching a side of that box. Uh-huh. Is that what that was? I always thought it meant like uh, there's somewhere around that box is like two spaces. Like if it was a two, two spaces up, two spaces left, right, or down is a bomb. I always took it as two no. spaces, not no. there's it two is, bombs it, there. I, I believe I believe it is how however many bombs are touching uh, either a side or a corner i think corners are also included too because if i remember correctly you can also get like fives to eights that yeah. is correct Zuffer. you're right and uh so when you get a, a a number on that that pops up when you click a block that's however many bombs are touching a side of the a side or corner of that block so you pretty much have to go through and, and get a bunch of numbers and be like okay uh let's do some math here and all right, so that's touching four sides, and that's touching three sides. So there must be bombs here, here, and here. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, I'm that. I am that nerd that learned actually learned how to play Minesweeper in high school. No, you just you just had me think about going to the Microsoft store and seeing if I could find Minesweep on my computer now. Oh, it's there, I promise you. <laughs> it's probably still installed on base windows. No, it's not. It's in the Microsoft store. I, I can attest to that. I oh, I downloaded it on my last computer. I remember I I remember a day I'm gonna put my old fart hat on right now. I remember a day when Minesweeper came on every freaking computer. It did. It, it you, you had you had Minesweeper, you had uh, Solitaire and uh I think Hearts was like yep. the three mainstays Hearts. that were always on there. Which I remember Hearts used to piss me off because I was a Spades player. And then there was then, then yeah. there was that, 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 <laughs> then there was that space that space no, pinball game that was uh, that was with every computer. Oh my God! Yes, the the, the space uh, space three oh. D pinball. How did yeah. we go from Battle Royale to this? Welcome to the wonderful world of podcasting. If oh, you brother, if you truly want to feel the challenge of a battle royal. Then get prepared for Spider Solitaire Battle Extreme. <laughs> now, now re- real quickly, just to back Battle up about Royale 30 seconds Poker. here. It, to back up 30 seconds here, a Battle Royale pinball game. Just think about that one for a quick second. That actually I could see potential in. I don't know how. I don't know who's 99, 99 players, one ball. Oh, dear sweet me. I don't know, but I just I, that that kind of led me a different route. All of a sudden I started thinking about the 8-bit Nintendo video game resurrecting into a battle royale of like surviving the the obstacle courses and everything else like and you could push the other people off and shit. Marble Madness Battle Royale. 
Oh, oh, wild, oh, wild high. Do we have a game for you for us to play as a Let's Play for Press A Gaming? Uh-oh. Have you ever uh, heard of the game called Ultimate Chicken Horse? No. Yes! Yes! We were just talking about this. No, what is Ultimate... Please, pray tell, what is what is Ultimate Z- Chicken Sport? <laughs> Z- Zephyr, do you mind if I do this? Please. Go ahead. Thank Absolutely. you. Okay, so you, you know how there's been a surgence over the last several years of stage builder games, yeah? Of what games? Stage builders, so like Mario makers, games of that sort. Yes, yes, okay, yeah. Okay. So Ultimate Chicken Horse, you start off with a start goal and an end goal, and at the beginning of the round, you get a party box that has either basic things for you to jump on, like wooden 2x4s, all the way to attack objects like a rotating buzzsaw and a hockey, an automatic hockey puck shooter. <laughs> and the the idea is to get from point A to point B, and it gets to the point of incredibly simple to just plain stupid in less than two turns. And Zephyr and I play this game quite a lot, and we enjoy it. If everybody makes it, it's deemed too easy, and nobody wins any points. If uh, everyone dies, obviously nobody gets any points. Uh, the only way to score points is to, A, get to the goal, somehow manage to get to the goal after you've died, uh, kill somebody with one of your traps, that, a trap that you placed, or collect coins throughout the level that get placed by other players. So essentially, you, you build you build a world, if I'm understanding this correctly, and then all of us would be in the same stage at the same time, and we're kind of sabotaging each other in this stage? You have yes. it to a C. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly I wonder what, what systems are these on? Uh, <laughs> every system. Yep, it's on it every system. It's on Xbox, it is on PlayStation, and I just found this out earlier this week. It is on Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> um, we, we, however... Uh, you, uh, Black Wings and I play it on um, PlayStation 4. Okay. And is it a free download or? No, it, no. It, it's $15. It's That's not, not expensive. terrible, yeah. It, it's made by a third party gaming industry and they do not get enough credit for this game because this game is super, just absolutely phenomenal. Super streaming friendly. <laughs> like you, you could endlessly stream games of this playing against each other. And the nice. best part is, you never get the same stage twice. You never get the same stage twice. Now, do you get to build stages, or is it they yeah, just give is, you a template and you you they, add they the booby add, traps? They actually uh, originally it was they gave you the template and you add the booby traps. Uh, they recently just added a stage builder function to the game, so you can make your own stages. Oh wow. And is it is it like Mario Maker, like where we can make a stage and put it up there, and just watch to see people's success or fail rates at it? Yes, actually, if you if you make a stage yourself, the the basic stage itself is like the templates that are provided in game, and you can upload it for other people to play. And then from there, once it's been on for let's say a month, you can actually look at your own stage and get a basic idea of how many times people die in the game, how many times they die because of obstacles you yourself put in. And it, it it's just too much fun. It that that right there is a podcast by itself. 
that really is. That that I'm gonna be looking that, that up. I'm that, gonna be looking that, that, that that's, up. That is a whole set of videos right there. That that's YouTube fodder. That really is. That really is. Um, I will definitely set you up for uh, for for the Twitch and and YouTube channel, so that way you can start up uh, uploading or live streaming your 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 let's plays. I literally just finished Final Fantasy 15 last night. Yeah, oh God, I love that game. Did you finish the Arden story? No, I've got to do the DLCs. I only completed the main quest. Okay. I have never played any of the DLCs. It's that is one title I don't want to touch the DLC for because I've seen it played by other people. It didn't catch my fancy, but that game right there was that was one of the best games Square Enix has put out in the, uh, the last decade. You know what I really should do for uh, Press A Gaming Let's Play is once Persona Five Royal pops drops, I should grab that and do a playthrough of that. <laughs> well, again, I, I stated before that. Uh, we used to be we used to be connected uh, to a another podcaster who unfortunately has retired from podcasting, uh, whose channel was the Cocky Cockpit. Uh, star, <laughs> it was a Star Wars uh, fandom uh, podcast, but he had started originally uh, playing games with with fans uh, of of Battlefront Two, where not only would he play and stream it, but he would invite you know, listeners from his podcast to come and play and be on the show with him. Uh, when we got connected with him, we started playing along with him and it evolved into being called order 69. Oh, wow. When he, we're all mature here when he, well, (laughs) cocky cockpit order 69. We felt it was, you know, fitting actually when he first, uh, stepped away and he asked, uh, realm of the miss entertainment to keep it going until he came back. We kept calling it Order 68. We owe you one. <laughs> but, uh, that's he, funny. when he that, finally. That's great. <laughs> when he finally stepped away, we took it over completely and turned it back to Order 69. Now, unfortunately, the only other person in Realm of the Mist Entertainment who played Battlefront 2 with me is no longer with us. So it's kind of fallen by the wayside. I would love to bring that back for people. Well, press. Uh... I think that's going to be Press A Gaming, though, because we got the Press A Gaming Let's Play videos, and the Press A Gaming podcast is pretty much just where we either talk about some of the Let's Plays we've done through, gone through, some of the multiplayer shenanigans we're probably going to go through, <laughs> and uh, gaming news. Like, like That's what this whole first inaugural episode was all about, was Battle Royales are huge right now. We'd be fools to not cash in on that topic. And we finish it up by simply saying, they're shit. Make a real video yeah. game. <laughs> no, perfectly said, man. Or at least we're, we're ready for the next fad. I don't know, man, because I remember, I remember when there was a big fad for, for you know, fighting games. Like, like we were talking about earlier with, uh, with Street Fighter 2 and, and Mortal Kombat. Then came Tekken. Then came all those other ones for a while. All the way to the point where all of a sudden, like, they're cashing in where they're, they're having Super Smash Brothers. Or when Square started having the, the Final Fantasy characters face off. Or Star Wars' Masters of Terracossi. Like, there was a fighting game everywhere. Uh-huh. I don't need nah. another fad. Just make a good game. <laughs> well, the thing with the thing with fighting games was it started out as a fad and then it became its own entire genre. So it's it's a possibility. It still remains to be seen, 
but there's a possibility that Battle Royale might be going the way of becoming its own genre. It remains to be seen. I don't think Battle Royale is going to get as big as fighting the fight fighting genre did because there, you had titles like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat that started off as box arcade games. You would go into an arcade to play these games and then they went to console and they just exploded from there. They started off with the most humblest of beginnings and it, it by necessity it exploded the way that it did. I can already feel that these type of games that we have with battle with um, battle royale games, it doesn't have that momentum. It doesn't have that head of steam. I think that it's going to die off within the next five years. You know what? Black brings up a very good point that I'd like to submit as a as a future press a gaming podcast uh, a topic. Oh, uh, arcades. The uh. the death of them, and should they return? I think that arcades should definitely return. But we'll save it for the next podcast. <laughs> and on that note, we should probably wrap it up with this podcast. Uh, Chris, or Wild High, where can they find you? Well, you can find me anywhere there is Realm of the Mist Entertainment, including right here on Press A Gaming Podcast, which I am super excited because... For, let, let me let me share a story real quick, guys. Uh, with Realm of the Mist Entertainment, we've been around for about three years Throughout majority of those three years, I've been doing Let's Plays that I called Press A Gaming. And I've always talked about that I, what I wanted to do with Press A Gaming was do Let's Plays and playthroughs. And then every month do a podcast talking about those Let's Plays and playthroughs. It never happened. Then my boy Zep came along. And finally, here we are. At least two years in the making with the inaugural Press Day Gaming Podcast. Dude, I can't be any happier than I am right now. So make sure you're checking this out and all the other great uh, playthroughs and Let's Plays from Press Day Gaming, as well as all the great podcasts of Roman Miss Entertainment. And, of course, you can find all the Roman Miss Podcasts wherever quality podcasts are heard. All right, Black, where can they find you? You can find me in a variety of different places. I am on Facebook. You can find me under my normal name of Josh Wilson or UA Black Wings. I am on Twitch under the handle of Black Wings 13. That's Roman, Roman numeral 13. I also do have a YouTube account. It's not much to speak about, but you can find me on there. And I, I have to say that for the inaugural session right here this was an absolute joy and a privilege to be on this and i've enjoyed the last hour of talking with you guys and i hope we can make this more common thing well i second we'll that how, what the future holds uh <laughs> all right everybody you can find me at anywhere on realm of the mist uh that i happen to be guest starring on obviously you can find me as host of press a gaming podcast and uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, because apparently I have one of those, and I didn't even realize it. Uh, follow me at Zephyr Zero. Uh, that's, that's, that's Zero spelled Z-E-R with an actual zero. <laughs> yes, I had a Twitter and didn't even realize it. Everybody point and laugh. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it, dude. I just recently restarted mine, so it's all good. And, of course, you can also start to find me on the Realm of the Mist YouTube channel, where I'll be starting to post uh, some of my own Let's Plays. Yes. Hope to see- and always remember, press A for more great content on the next podcast.
Why didn't the three little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't Sims have the upper body strength to climb out of a swimming pool? And does every really want to be a cat? I'm and I'm Alex Perez. If you're the type of person who thinks these deep filler questions, then for the brink, is the podcast for you. It's new character, long lyrics, so better cat. Tune in every week for your paralysis by analysis. All topics suggested welcome. If you can kick we can overthink it. Think to the brink. Available on all podcast platforms. Hey everyone, this is John Polly. Inviting you to check out War of Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, me and Chris discuss the news and theories surrounding one of the movie franchises world. It's every Wednesday at 8 Eastern as we talk to you far, far away. Right here on F and wherever fine podcasts. You know, we need a vape juice or new mod. Go to the Vape Scorpion. 0849 Avenue, Philadelphia, PA, 19916. They are known as East Keeper. They have all your needs, the equipment juice. And while you're there, sit down and enjoy a beer, bring your own, and have your cool people. As you your vape machine, or maybe you just want to try a locally made, uh, make sure you hit a vape scorpion. That's 1085 Boston Avenue, fill up the PA 1116, or give a call to 215 Oh, yeah, and make sure you let me know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment. He said. Hi, my name's Chris, and I'm here to talk about Realm of the Mist podcast. Realm of the podcast, we talk about all the entertainment things from movies, music, books, comic books, and many other forms of entertainment, as well as politics, current events, general having a good time. If you're looking for that is right up your alley, look no further than Realm of the Mist podcast here on anchor.fm fine podcasts can be heard hi this is dave from the comic collection at 83 bustleton pike in feasterville pennsylvania our phone number is 215-357-3332 we are right next to northeast philadelphia we have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and, of course, comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello, and say that the guys from RadioCast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Three, two.
Three-eyed turtle? Is that alright? <laughs> a fucking a three-eyed turtle! Who wants a mustache ride? Are you tired of the same old podcasts with no humor? Well, join us for After Hours, where everything is funny that leads to us. On Anchor.fm, and where oh quality God. podcasts are heard. How the fuck did we get on this? <laughs> I don't know. CC started this shit. It's their fucking fault. Hey everyone, this is Dak. This is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe you're bi-weekly. week. I'm straight and strong. It means twice a week, you douche. Oh. Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays, we talk about stuff, zombies, superhero sex positions. And on Feature Peep Fridays, we interview the Feature Peep of the Week. Yeah, like a fuck. WPS podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We believe in equal opportunity humor where all things can be made fun of. So if your feelings get hurt and you're offended, you can always eat a dick.